0: There's more avenues now for non-performing songwriters to find a place in the industry, um, writing or co-writing for singers, and I think singers are now becoming more aware of the songwriter's role in their lives if they want to have a, a career, and so they're actively seeking out songwriters to help them um, to move forward with their singing career.
1: Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Hey, this is Bree Noble and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience and growing your business as a musician. So the day this is airing, I am super excited because I am launching a huge contest. And someone is going to win a really big prize. So let me tell you about this. Unfortunately, if you're listening to this like later on down the line, you can't get in on this contest, but I'm sure we'll be having some other great contest on our site at femusician.com. So you can go check out there and see what's going on. But for now... If you would like to enter to win this amazing prize package, please go to femusician.com and enter this contest. So before I tell you what's in this prize package, I want to tell you why we're doing this contest. I am super excited to announce that we are going to have a new course coming out um, in the middle of May And it's called the Indie Music Profit Plan. And it is going to be like everything you need from A to Z, step by step, to go from starting your music career to making money with your music. It's everything that talks about how to set goals, how to make plans, how to organize your life such that you're getting as much done as possible and not feeling overwhelmed. It's going to talk about the platforms that you need online to make your music known to the future fans that you will have. It's going to talk about how to attract those fans, how to build an email list where you can engage with those fans, how to engage with them in a really strategic way on that list and on social media, and then a lot of different strategies on how to monetize those fans and make money with your music, have a self-sustaining music career. So I am really excited about this. I am, I've put together an amazing looking outline. I started creating the course content and I can't wait to share it with you guys. So we are doing this contest to get people excited about it and be able to give away the first copy of this course to the winner. So this prize that I'm calling the Indie Music Profit Package is going to include, number one, the Indie Music Profit Plan course, also my profitable house concerts course, plus you will get one year of the standard plan at Banzoogle, which means you've got your website and your email list all taken care of. You will get a copy of the Ultimate Indie Bundle, which includes the Indie Bible and all kinds of other amazing resources from the Indie Bible people. You'll get some amazing social media tools, including one of my favorites, Relay That, which is what I use to create all of my images for this podcast. It makes things super easy, especially for those of us who are not good at designing images. And then I'm super excited to announce that you'll be getting some credit at Music X-Ray to be able to submit your music to some influential people in the business, including Women of Substance Radio, of course. So I want to thank our generous sponsors of this contest. They've been so great in giving something to you that is really going to be valuable. So just go to femusician.com, click on the contest, and enter to win the Indie Music Profit Prize Package. The contest just opened today, April 29th, and it will be going through Friday, May 13th. And the really cool thing about this contest is the more people that you tell about it and refer to the contest, the more points you're going to get. So every person that you refer to this contest, you will get 10 additional entries, which gives you a lot higher chance of winning. So I really appreciate you guys spreading the word about it. And of course, I want to reward you for that. So again, femusician.com to enter the contest. Now, today I have an interview with a lady that I absolutely love. I was introduced to her by a previous guest, Tony Koch. I'm going to be talking to Lisa Butler, and first of all, you will absolutely love her accent. She is from Australia, and I do a terrible accent but she has a beautiful accent, and I just really enjoyed talking to her. She has an amazing spirit as well, and she really is an advocate for indie artists and indie songwriters specifically. We had a little challenge scheduling this interview because Australia is on like I don't even know 20 hours difference or something from me. And so we kept getting confused, at least I did, on what day we were actually talking to each other and um you know, it's all the way it's my first interview all the way in Australia, so you know, maybe the Skype had a little bit of trouble translating. There may be a little echo on there, but I hope that that will not distract you from the amazing things that she has to say in this interview, the encouragement and just all the accomplishments that she's had in her career and that she's translated over into helping indie artists. So here's a little bit about Lisa Butler. Lisa Butler is an Australian music industry event organizer and life coach. She organizes the Australian Songwriters Conference, a four-day event that focuses on the craft and business of songwriting and assists artists and non-performing songwriters to move forward with their music careers. Lisa is also a published poet and author of a self-help book. Here's my interview with Lisa Butler. So that's a little bit about Lisa Butler. So Lisa, is there anything that's not in your bio that you want to tell our listeners that they think you think they need to know about you? Uh, well, you know, bios can tend
0: to be a little dry, can't they? I suppose what a bio doesn't tell you is, is about your personality. And for me, I'm a really passionate person. I always have been. Um, I'm passionate about life. I'm passionate about my work. I'm passionate about people. Everything I do is from the heart. I'm, I'm not really much of a one for doing things from the head, which, you know, sometimes can be a problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely a work-from-the-heart sort of a person. And I'm really persistent. I think that uh, I think that when you work in any industry, and particularly in, in the arts, in any of the arts, um, you have to be persistent and never give up um, because there's going to be lots of uh, lots of road bumps along the way and you know you've got to be able to pick yourself up dust yourself off and say okay and keep going you know and I suppose the other thing that that um, about me and my personality and the, and the kind of person I am that that isn't in my bio either the the short one that you read out or my full bio, is that, you know, since I was, um, very young, I've lived with depression and some anxiety issues and these things, um, this kind of mental health issue plays a really big role in your life when you, when you live with them on a, on a daily basis. And, um, and that's not necessarily a negative thing either. For me, you know, there have been negatives and, and also lots of positives. It's also, helped me a lot with, you know, to get where I am and, and to be the person I am today.
1: That's, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, I, I have people in my life that have dealt with that. And I think also artists tend to be prone to that. Yes. And sometimes, you know, we get that out in our songwriting, which is very therapeutic, but you know, I, I'm impressed that you're willing to even mention that because I think it takes people a lot of times a journey to be able to even talk about that.
0: I think it's getting easier. I think that um, people are having the conversation more these days. Um, we've seen, you know, um, lots of people in the arts, you know, high-profile people in the arts who, for example, have um, have suicided and um, who have come out and, and, you know, said that they have depression or anxiety or, you know, schizophrenia or whatever their mental health issue is. And I think that goes a long way to, towards um, people actually Feeling like they can be open about it and talk about it, and it also um, is great from a community and even a um, you know a political level. You know that that um, these mental health issues are now being taken more seriously, and people are now trying to implement different um, things into their policies, into their workplaces and, um, and into their communities and and even in government policy um, to work with people who have mental health issues, just like you would if you had a physical health issue.
1: For sure. I mean, obviously, it's so important to get these things out there before you get to the point of, you know, suicide. And there have been, like you said, several high profile artists that have have that's happened to. So I think it's great to get that out there. Mm -hmm. And it's great that you can be, you know, when you work with artists that you can talk about that stuff, because I think so many artists that I deal with have dealt with that and they haven't wanted to confront it at first mm-hmm. you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it's one of the reasons why I focus with my with the counseling and the coaching that I do um it's it's a it's a focus for me the music industry life and career coaching um now starting to do more counseling now that I'm I've done some more study on that um and focusing on mental health you know the the music industry and the arts in general I don't uh, but here in Australia I'm talking about and I, I I'm taking a pretty good guess that it's pretty much the same everywhere. Um, There there are high levels of mental health issues in the music industry and in the arts in general for lots of different reasons. And so, you know, I'm really in a fortunate position where not only do I understand from a personal perspective what mental health issues can can do to you and and how how they affect you, but also being involved in the music industry already and doing the coaching and counselling means that I can step straight into that role within the music industry and help others, which is something I'm really passionate about.
1: Oh my gosh, that's such a great resource for people. Well, how did you get started in music and the music industry at first?
0: You know, music's always been a part of my family. My mum, my mother was a singer um, in bands when she was younger and throughout most of her life, and she teaches now. And um, even going back further than that, my grandfather was a a violinist. My great-grandfather was a a classical composer in the Netherlands, which is where my, my mother's side of the family comes from. So music's always been there. It's always been a part of our life. And uh, and so I guess that's that's where the passion comes from for me. And um, and then later on, I, I wanted to be a singer when I was younger. You know, I wanted to be the you know the pop star and do all of that. And it didn't really happen for me. I I didn't have the same resources and ability to connect with others that we have now. And I really wasn't um, able to push myself to find out how to do those things. Again, because of my because of my mental health, I guess I just wasn't um, able to figure those things out for myself and I didn't know who to turn to. But I did write a lot of poetry when I was younger. And so eventually, you know, I, I was playing piano and singing at home and I started writing my own songs and I bought a couple of books, you know, the old standbys by Pat Patterson and so on. And... Mm. Um, And I started writing songs and that's where it started for me. And then um, later on, much later on, um, I started working with another songwriter who was a composer, music, um, writing music and so on, and we started writing together. And it really started to kick off from there. And then a few years later I went to a songwriters event in the USA, because there was there were none really here um, in Australia. So I, I went to one in the USA and was so totally blown away by this event. And I went to a couple of others, and it's just all all kicked off really. Um, with everything that I do, sort of that's where it really all
1: started. So was there a specific, I mean, influence or you know, uh, a critical thing that happened other than going to the the songwriting events in the US? that really catapulted you into working in the music industry?
0: Uh, not, well, not really. I mean, I, as I said, I've been, I've been um, sort of hovering, I hovered around the edges of the music industry for a long time, writing songs and then sort of walking away from it, not, not knowing what to do, doing other things and coming back to it. Uh, and it wasn't really until I made the decision to start the Australian Songwriters Conference that I really sort of got, got into it um, fairly, uh, fairly full on because then I was in contact with the industry all the time with what I was doing, organising the event and going to other events and, and I really started to then immerse myself in the
1: industry And what made you decide to start that just because there was nothing in Australia at that time for songwriters? Yeah. I mean, that's yes. But I guess again, you
0: know, when you, um, how can I explain it? When you are going through life and you're doing things and all of a sudden something happens and it's like a lightning bolt and you just know, oh my gosh, that's it, that's what I'm supposed to do. Well, I had one of those moments, and it was on at one of those conferences. I, I went to the Texas Songwriters Cruise, which was like so cool. It was um, a cruise that went across the Gulf to Mexico and back. And, uh, and it was just a regular cruise, but the Songwriters Conference was on board. There were about 60 or 80 of us. And that's where I met Jason Bloom, who was running all the main seminars. And I was completely blown away by, by Jason Loom, but also he is pretty
1: impressive. I've I've seen him give seminars, and I still remember them all. You know,
0: yeah, he's he's incredible. Very dynamic speaker, and so knowledgeable. And uh, and the conference itself, the whole concept of it was fantastic. So it just, I came back to Australia like totally in awe of what I, you know, what had just happened. And I thought, you know, I I there's nothing like that here. We should have something like that here. And the next thought was, I can do that. And it was just like that lightning bolt hit me. And so I contacted Jason, uh, about, this is back in the end of, or beginning of 2007. And I, I contacted him and I, I asked him if I were to put together an event. Um, would he come and do the main seminars? And he said, yes. And he did in 2008, 2009 and 2010, Jason was our main seminar facilitator for the conference. And um, honestly, it was just, it was the whole culmination of a whole lot of dreams for me coming true, Um, running the event, being in the music industry, helping other people to become better at what they do it was, it was just perfect.
1: What do you think are some of the biggest benefits of songwriters to go to your conference?
0: Well, you know, I think the biggest benefit of coming to the Australian Songwriters Conference, I guess to, to any music conference, but specifically the ASC, because it's quite different to a lot of the other ones that are out there, is that it um, it not only allows you to network with the professionals in a really Um, informal and relaxed environment it also you're learning the tools of great songwriting you're learning how to work within the business Um, as Jason would say they don't call it the music business for nothing and and Mm. it's true Um, you know so learning about the industry (laughs) aspects of of songwriting and the business aspects of songwriting, but we also, at the conference, we invite publishers to come to the event and our attendees get to pitch their songs directly to the publishers. So these are, um, we've got Indies and Majors and each year it's different, Um, but we always have great publishers looking for really great songs and good writers to work with and to nurture. And the other aspect of the conference is we have an on-site studio, recording studio, with some of Australia's top music producers. And so our attendees get to work in the studio with these producers, learning how to use the programs they already have on their computers, learning how to use the programs that are used in the studio, learning how to work with a producer and get the most out of their demo and out of their demo experience. There's so much to, to learn as a songwriter. And people sort of go, oh, it's a songwriters conference. I'm a singer. I'm not interested. But the fact is, if you want to be an original artist, you have to have songs. You have to have great songs. So you're either going to be writing them or co-writing them or looking for someone to write them for you. And so anyone, musicians and singers and songwriters, they can all learn so much just by coming to this kind of event.
1: Wow. So you guys have producers that they work with. I don't hear that often in U S songwriting conferences. Do you Mm. think that's common or is that something special you guys do?
0: It's definitely something special. One of the things I wanted to do when I came back from those overseas conferences was I I took aspects as a songwriter. I took aspects of those conferences that were perfect for me as a songwriter, as a non-performing songwriter. And I added uh, elements that would be would suit Australian writers, but I also added elements that weren't included in those overseas conferences that I really wanted to know about. I'm not a performing artist, I'm a non-performing songwriter, and everything seemed to be geared towards singer-songwriters. And if you're not a singer-songwriter, it was kind of like, well, but I want to write for other people. So, and there's a big difference. And how do I make connections for me in the business as a writer, not as a singer? And so, you know, that element was really important to me as well. So, you know, I, I make sure that with all of the, um, the speakers that come in, with all of the producers, the mentors, the workshop presenters, the, the publishers, they're all, um, they're all focusing on the writing both from a singer-songwriter's point of view and from a non-performing writer's point of view, so that everybody gets to learn and everybody moves forward.
1: That's great. Do you think that it's harder as a non-performing songwriter to have an outlet for your songs? I think that
0: for a long time here in Australia, the answer to that question was yes, because here in Australia, we're a small uh, a small population, um, we're a smaller music industry, although per capita, Australia has one of the highest percentages of songwriters in the world, believe it or not.
1: Really? Um, even,
0: yes, even though we have um, a relatively small population. Um, but for a long time, the labels, we were really only interested in singer-songwriters, you know, the whole kill two birds with one stone type thing. Now with the advent of all those amazing um, TV song competitions like Idol, The Voice, X Factor, all these shows on TV, suddenly you're getting all of, in the last 10 years, all these amazing singers coming through, but a lot of them can't write or don't write professionally. And so there is now a greater, there's more avenues now for non-performing songwriters to find a place in the industry, um, writing or co-writing for singers. And I think singers are now becoming more aware of the songwriter's role in their lives if they want to have a a career. And so they're actively seeking out songwriters to help them um, to move forward with their singing career. So, yes, I would say that now it is much it's easier than it was. It's never easy for a songwriter, whether you're a performing songwriter or a non-performing. It's never easy, but it is easier now than it was.
1: That's a good point. I, you know, I hadn't really thought about the fact that they're, you know, they're turning out a crop of singers. That are coming from these shows that aren't necessarily writers now Mm. some of them are you know like you said but or they want to co-write but they don't have a lot of experience Mm. but yeah they they need songs Mm. you know they need to be able to put these people in front of an audience with some good music and so do you find that it's like what's the best way to connect with those people do you try to connect with them personally or do you have to go through like a middleman you
0: mean from a songwriter's point of view, connecting with yeah, from the a songwriter's
1: point of view,
0: yeah. Here in Australia, it's really hard, for example, to um, pitch your work to publishers because most of the publishers here don't accept unsolicited material, mm-hmm. so it's really hard. Um, And that's why the conference is is so helpful, I think, because we bring the industry and the songwriters together in one place for four whole days. And it's not a huge event um, in numbers. We usually get around 60 60 or 70 attendees. But over four days with, you know, 20 or 30 faculty coming and going, um, everyone gets to sit and really connect with the people in the industry that they want to connect with. And so I think these kinds of events are really important for that because connecting with the industry outside of these types of events is hard.
1: That man, that's a great opportunity. I mean, you know, in the U S there's always hundreds and hundreds of people at these kind of events to have to go to an event like that, where you have access mm-hmm. to people like Jason Bloom and my friend Cho- Tony Coke and anybody else that you have there. You know, with only 60 people that you're competing against, I think that's amazing. So how much do you guys charge for this event? Well, this it depends on how much funding and sponsorship we get for the event um, whenever I hold it.
0: This year, I wasn't able to get funding or sponsorship for the event, which is surprising because you would think that the industry would support it, but... Um, it's it's as I said it's it's difficult down here. Um, so the event this year is a thousand dollars Australian, which I think is around seven fifty US. Give or take something like that. Um, but it's definitely worthwhile coming down, especially while the while the dollar Aussie dollar um, is down against the your dollar. You know it means that you know you get a better deal. <laughs> And all the information's on the website anyway um, with overseas. We have people coming in from overseas, which is great. We always love to have the international songwriters come in. And of course, we've got faculty coming this year. Our main seminar facilitator is Alan Roy Scott, um, who you might know as well. And Alan is an incredible songwriter, a wonderful, wonderful man, and a really great teacher. I'm really looking forward to, um, to him teaching us this year. Um, and Tony's coming out, Tony Coke, you mentioned. Um, so, you know, I've got a couple of faculty coming in as well from, from the U S, which is great. And of course all the publishers and and so on, they're all here anyway. So,
1: Mm. yeah, I just think that's, I mean, that's really unprecedented access. I think being such a small conference, I think that's completely worth it. So I want to encourage Mm -hmm. people to go. Can you tell them, we'll talk about this at the end too, but tell them the website that they can go to. Uh, It's just australiansongwritersconference.com. It's very simple to remember. (laughs) Cool. Well, I think you guys should definitely check that out, those of you that are listening. And now I want to ask you, how did you get into coaching artists directly? Well, that was
0: interesting because I'd started doing the conference and people were starting to come to me wanting (laughs) my help because I had all these contacts. It was like, well... Yeah, but I can't really – I don't know how I can help you, but, you know, I would sort of give them some information and ideas and things. And then I was having some coaching one day with uh, my coach at the time. I mean, we all – I think we should all have a coach. Um, and I have Absolutely. a coach. Absolutely. And coaches have coaches. Um, my coach, who's a, a, an Australian expat living over there in L.A., her name's Jilly Moon.
1: She, oh, I know her.
0: You know, Julie. She's an amazing, talented, inspiring, wonderful woman. Jilly um, was my coach there for for a number of years, and well, I suppose she still is. I just haven't haven't connected with her for a while. But she said to me, "Lisa, you should be coaching through, during one of our sessions." And I said, "Really?" And she said, "Yes." And she gave me um, she connected me with a, a coaching organization that do online as well. And so I did my coaching certificate and started and started doing it. Love it, and I absolutely love it. And I, it's good because I've got a framework to what you know that I can work within, and and of course using my own techniques that I've come up come up with as well along along the way, um, and that it has now encouraged me to uh, continue my education and um, and expand my knowledge into counselling. So I've just completed my diploma of counselling and uh, about to start the Bachelor of Counseling um, after the conference in June. So, yes, so that's basically where I started was with Julie saying, you should be doing this. So I said, okay.
1: (laughs) And I did. Wow. So do you, you combine kind of a, an arts coaching with a life coaching and a little bit of counseling all rolled into one? Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's so cool. So how, how do you you know, what do you, what do you tend to work with your clients on in general? Well,
0: with the music clients that come to me, they, they usually usually they come to me because they're not getting where they want to go. And so, you know, we, we look at goal setting and all that sort of thing. But, you know, from an art, artist's point of view, I really look at three aspects. I look at where they are with their craft, in other words, their skill set. Um, is there anything more that they need to be learning? Is, are they lacking in an area that they need to be focusing on and, and you know, maybe their songwriting or the performance or whatever it is? Um, the second aspect that we look at is the business side of things. Are they taking care of the business? They are, they are their own widget, if you like, and they need to be um, treating themselves as a business if they want to have a, a music career. Uh, and they have to know how to deal with the industry. They have to know how to connect. They have to know um, all sorts of things on that, you know, to do with the business side of things. And then the third aspect is the personal aspect. And often the biggest roadblocks are right there um, in, mm. in, you know, with their in their personal, you know, issues, things that they're not dealing with that, you know, are stopping them and holding them back from moving forward. And we all have that. You know, we all recognise that. We, you know, we have these little blocks, but sometimes we don't know how, we either don't know what they are, or or if we do, we don't know how to get rid of them. And so, um, and so basically I work on those three aspects and, um, and help them move forward.
1: I really like that three pronged approach. And I find too, with the people that I work with, I'm surprised to find that there's a lot of confidence issues that have been holding them back for years. And you know you hear them on the recordings, and they sound so confident and they sound so vulnerable and open, and then you know you find out that they recorded this song twenty years ago, and they never let anyone listen to it because they weren't confident enough to get it out there. Do you mm-hmm. find that's true
0: it, it does happen absolutely uh, and when it does, you know i guess from depending on the client i look at I look at their why they're doing it why are you doing this why what is it that makes you want to have a music career and if if they've got a confidence issue like that or they haven't heard let anyone hear their music often they don't actually want a music career they they think they do or someone else might be pushing them to do it um or they think it's what they should be doing look it's different with everybody if it's a matter of you know being afraid to get up in front of an audience well, that's nerves and that's a bit different to, to a lack of self-confidence because, you know, the people who are very self-confident can still have, you know, real issues when it comes to um, getting on the stage and performing in front of people. I mean, you know, Barbara Streisand is a great case in point. <laughs> she, mm. she wouldn't get up for years because she was terrified of, of singing in front of an audience. And yet the woman is incredibly self-confident when, you know, when she's dealing in, you know, in general with everything else. So I think it's different for everybody for everybody. Um, But nerves and self-confidence to me are two different things.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And like you said, why people are doing it. What I'm finding too, is that people were thinking they should have a career in music earlier, but they didn't have the confidence. And then finally, when they found that music really was their passion and they connected with that feeling of like, this is what I really should be doing and I'm very passionate about it and my life just won't be complete without it, then that confidence problem just went out the window. Yes. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Because who was it who? Barry Manilow said in his book that he wrote years and years ago, he said, if you, uh, when it, about about having a music career and about, about performing, if you do it for the money or the applause, it'll never be enough. And it's so true. You've got to do it because you love it. It doesn't matter. The rest of it doesn't matter. You do it because you love it. Um, and when you love doing it, and when you're in your element doing it, the rest of it will just happen anyway. And if it doesn't, that's fine too. <laughs> But for people who want to really make a career, um, you know, I think looking at those three main aspects is really important because a lot of them don't have this, like they'll have some of the skills they need but not all of them and that's why they come to coaching I guess. But that there are aspects that they don't even consider. Singer-songwriters just want to get up on the stage and sing their songs. They just want to be up there performing. They don't think about the business aspects of it too much or, mm-hmm. or you know, what business they do is, is nominal you know, it's minimal because they, they're not interested in that. But the thing is, if they want a career, they have to be interested in it. And so, you know, you find that the ones that really do move ahead are the ones that make that personal commitment to themselves and to their career to do what has to be done. And that doesn't mean just getting up on the stage every other night or every weekend singing your songs. It means, it means doing your online promotions. It means Getting involved with your fan base. It means building um, relationships with with venues and with the publishers and the promoters and the the labels and (laughs) other people in the industry. Um, There's so much more to it than just getting on the stage and singing if you want a career.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's hard work. And that's why I call this show female entrepreneur musician and not just female mm. musician. You know, I try mm. to always remind people that it's a business mm. yes. and sometimes they don't want to listen, you know, they <laughs> just want to do their music. But you know, it, it's, it's important that they realize that because that's what they're taking on as a business.
0: Sure. And I mean, from my point of view, you know, if someone comes to me for coaching and I and after talking with them i let them know what i think i'm never going to push my i'm never going to push them into doing what i want them to do it's their career it's their life they have to make those choices for themselves but if i can point out to them the things that i can see that they need to work on if they choose not to do that that's fine that's entirely up to them i mean it's as i said it's their life it's it's uh, their music, their career, and, and, you know, but they've also got to understand then that um, they're in for a really hard trot, basically. If they, if they want to get where they are going or if they, if they want to get there at all, they're going to have to work maybe 10 times harder doing it the way that they're doing and may not even get there. I mean, it's always a gamble, isn't it, this industry? Um, even if you're, you know, the best there is and you do everything right, it's always going to be a gamble. So, so why... Why shackle yourself to old habits and ways of doing things that don't work? You know, try some new things, get out there and try some, some, something new and
1: different. Absolutely. So on that note, um, you wrote kind of a self-help book. Did that grow out of your coaching or was that before you started coaching? Oh gosh, that's a bit of a history. That The book, I, I actually um, published
0: it at the end of 2013, but it's roots uh, in 1994, um, when I wrote a set of statements back then, um, that just came out of me. They just spilled out of me. I had no idea where they came. Well, they came from the universe. As I say they came came from the universe. Um, they came through me, not from me. And um, they were basically a set of guidelines for living life well. And I had them for years and I, they got published in a little New Age magazine at some stage and later on when I was with a, a publisher um, with, for my poetry, I, I asked them if they'd like to make them into, you know, a, a wall hanging or something and nothing really happened with it. And then one night, um, I was already doing my coaching, which was which was cool and the, and the conference by that stage. Um, one night in 2012, something happened and there were three things that happened all at once. And and. It kind of basically culminated in me thinking I need to turn these statements into a book. And so I did. I basically made each statement is a chapter and each chapter starts with a poem. And then um, the chapter is all about the statement, what I think it means, um, how how I apply it to my life, how my, my techniques and um, tools that I've learned over the years because of my depression and and what I do to help myself through that and also kind of spiritual aspects as well. It's called the Constitution of the United States of Being and the Constitutional Statements are these statements that, that the book grew from. So, mm, it's basically it's the art of self-love, fulfilling your dreams and finding joy no matter what. <laughs>
1: Oh, I like that idea. No matter what.
0: <laughs> and so there's, you know, there's stuff, create stuff in there for the creatives. Um, you know, I talk about, I talk about music and and um, uh, the conference and and aspects of creativity and all that sort of thing as well. There's, there's something in there for everybody.
1: That's awesome. So is there any book other than your own book, of course, are there any other books that you recommend for people that are in the music industry? Even, you know, if it's just more like on the self-help side, on the business side, on the songwriting side, are there any books that are kind of your favorites?
0: Yeah, I do have a few actually. Um, Purely self-help, inspirational kind of stuff. There's a couple of books that I always recommend to people. One is called Ask and It Is Given, which is by Abraham Hicks, which is all about the law of attraction, um, which Mm. is one of the first books I read on the law of attraction and so far as I'm concerned, one of the best. The other one is um, a book that's not very well known, but it should be because it's an incredible Incredible book, and I recommend it for everybody. It's by Colin Tipping, and it's called Radical Forgiveness. Honestly, um, anyone who has anger issues, forgiveness issues, have had things happen in their life to them that they never thought that they could forgive or get over, this book is amazing, and I recommend it. It's called Radical Forgiveness by Colin Tipping. Anything, mm. anything by Jilly Moon. I mean, she puts out the most amazing books for creative people and for artists, um, which are a combination of self-help, artistry, inspiration. You know, get up and get up and get your career off the ground. Kind of, she's very inspirational. I guess musically, the best books that I've read, the best songwriters. Stop book for songwriting I've ever read and I will always recommend is um, Jason Bloom's six steps for songwriting to songwriting oh, success I've
1: got that one uh, in hardback on my shelf over here absolutely brilliant
0: and um, and of course to to anyone who wants to have a career in the music industry you need to have good books about the music business here in Australia the business music business Bible is um, one it's just just called Music Business and it's by Shane Simpson um, who's a music industry lawyer here and he's absolutely brilliant and this book is probably the best that there is and I'm sure that there will be equivalents um, in other countries if you go looking for them but um, if you're particularly looking at the music industry but also the American industry because he does talk about the American industry a lot then that's a really good book it's just called Music Business and it's by Shane Simpson.
1: That's interesting, I haven't heard of that one. Mm. I, there's one that people always recommend in the u s that several of my past guests have recommended, but this one I have not heard of, so that's that's great. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that it's
0: it's it is fairly specific to our region to the Australasian region, um, but it does um, make comparisons to the u s market and also to the european uh, market so um, if anyone has an interest in working outside of their own local market, then it's a very good it's a very good book, particularly as I said, for Australia and the
1: Australasian region. Awesome. Well thanks for mentioning that. I don't know what that I don't have to look that one on, on Amazon. So it's been so great talking to you. I've loved hearing about, you know, kind of just the different things that happen in Australia versus the US. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad that Tony Koch mentioned that I should talk to you because I think you're probably the first guest I've had from Australia, which is great because I mean, this show, you know, obviously it's an international show. People are listening from all over and I want to make sure and, you know, present the music industry from all sides. So thanks so much for giving us kind of, you know, your continent's perspective on the music industry.
0: Mm, It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed talking with you. You're welcome. How can people get in touch with you? Mm. Uh, well, I've got two websites. My coaching, counselling book website um, is just uh, lisa j butler com, and the conference website is australian songwriters conference com. You can Google them too, and you'll find me. And I'm on Perfect. Facebook. Also I was going to say
1: are you on social media. I'm, okay. ev-
0: I'm on ev- just about everything. You'll find me on so on Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus and LinkedIn and you know, I'm a bit of a bit of a social media queen. <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: connecting with people. I love connecting with people. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I'm so glad we we got this worked out with the whole time difference and everything. And we're (laughs) able to get on together and have this conversation. And I know that our listeners are really going to benefit from it.
0: Thank you, Bree. It's been lovely talking with you.
1: Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.